0: We will never know for certain what the exact cause was of Richard's decision to take his own life. We will never know what was going mm-hmm. on in his head for sure in the hours and days before last Thursday. But we can say that the emotional damage that was inflicted on Richard from attending this particular seminar was a factor in uh, what happened to him later on.
1: That's the voice of uh, Michael Temper one of many, many concerned educators out there who are asking, you know, did bullying or harassment or -hmm. even the accusations of racism themselves drive Richard Bilksko to take his life? And this is a six-year-old who just a couple of weeks ago had launched a lawsuit where he explained that You know, during a contract for the TDSB, he had been uh, invited by the board to go to an anti-black racism training uh, by the Kojo Institute, which is a a consulting firm that provides anti-racism sessions. This was the TDSB um, mandated training. And his sin, according to the uh, facilitator at the Kojo Institute, was when He questioned their claim that Canada was a more racist place than the United States. He said that, you know, he said Canada wasn't perfect, but still offers a lot of good. And when you go through some of the reporting, that's when this lifelong educator was singled out, bullied, harassed, called a white supremacist, among many other things, and um, driven to the point where he had to take a leave, which he got a paid leave. And where the, uh, I guess, like the workers' compensation basically said, yeah, I mean, he's been going through some pretty egregious uh, bullying. TDSB never stuck up for him. No one came to this man's aid. And so when you've got the workers' compensation board basically saying, not basically, they say, He was abused by the speaker, it was vexatious, it was egregious, no one stood up for him. And no one answering questions, TDSB is not talking, this Kojo group not talking. How are we going to get answers? Many are saying, we need an inquiry to find out if, in fact, the actions of the TDSB or this institute or anyone else possibly could have led to his suicide. Lisa Bildy is a lawyer who was representing Richard at the time. I thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on. And I know that you're not acting on behalf of the family, but certainly you had a relationship with Richard on your own for this case and uh, certainly, um, you know, pretty devastating news uh, as it kind of unfolded where people were just so stunned that someone who was so well-respected in education, so liked by his students and everybody uh, in education, that that he had, I guess, felt that he needed to uh, take his life. So somewhat shocking, I I would think. Were there any signs for the family, for you, that felt like he couldn't hang on?
0: Well, I don't think anybody anticipated that he would do this, or I'm sure they would have, you know, tried to talk him out of it. But uh, so it was a shock to everybody that, mm-hmm. that this happened. I mean, we knew, I think everybody knew that this was a stressful event for him. Obviously, uh, he had taken the leave that you, you mentioned and, and was, got some compensation through the WSIB. Um, he had started to direct his attention towards making uh, improvements in the system as a result of his experience. So, you know, he became very active with um, a group called Fair, which was about uh, a different approach to race relations and and finding a, a pro-human, um, more equality-focused uh, approach to it. He also got involved with a group called SOS TDSB, uh, which has been. Continuing the fight really on his behalf, I think uh we can talk about that, but I think mm-hmm. they're they're trying to do some lobbying now to to uh hopefully turn something good out of out of all of this, but yes, it was a surprise um you never know when these kinds of things wh- this is the problem with making these allegations and and um bullying and struggling people in these sessions is you don't know exactly who it's going to land on and how right so mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, uh, well, yes, it's tragic. Well, I mean, given when you look to his life and his career and his specialties and the fact that he gave his life to making sure that those marginalized, you know, those, um, you know, maybe who would fall through the cracks didn't fall through the cracks. This is a guy that you would want in your school because he went that extra mile. And so I would think, you know, also he, he was gay and, and probably went through a lot of adversity in his lifetime over that. And so here's a guy who's fought the fight and, and tried to do good only to have himself smeared with allegations of racism and white supremacy and whatever else uh, you're painted with and that's not something that easily goes away even though anybody who knew him knew that that wasn't true the damage is done
0: well that's right and it was it was in a session with about 200 of his peers and superiors right it wasn't just sort of an anonymous thing i mean he sat there the, the reputational damage that he felt and even if others didn't didn't buy it uh, they still all sat there and watched him take this and uh, and nobody spoke up and i think that was one of the things that bothered him the most was the lack of support from his colleagues in that moment and you know i'm i'm actually hearing from people who were in that session or you know uh, who are educators or administrators and of course I'm, their stories are their own but the general sense that i'm getting is that there's a real culture of fear uh, at these at these sessions and at the board generally and people don't want to speak up and express concerns because they they get a target on their back so uh, so there's there are some serious issues here and i you know if anything good comes of this i think the fact that hopefully people will start talking about the propriety of this kind of training, which really, I mean, there, it's meant, I think, in a lot of these sessions to be a struggle session. That they want people to do the work and to to sit with their discomfort, and that those are the kinds of tactics and techniques that are often used. And so, making people feel bad is kind of the point. So, you if know there's no justification it really-
1: to it, though, and you're just smearing someone, I, I don't see how that um Lisa builds anything other than anger and division ultimately in the long term. And and I would think the TDSB, and given the fact that the the compensation board gave him a two month paid leave, they documented that he was struggling. And I assume and you can correct me, um Lisa, is I, I'm sure he asked for help or or tried to seek help and either he wasn't listened to. And so there's a really big issue of did the TDSB turn a blind eye uh, or worse, do they agree with these tactics? Because if they do, you know, we have other teachers. We had allegations of a little boy, black boy, being locked in a small room in a closet. Those teachers the administration put on leave, you know, are they getting fairness? So if this is a system we're running in where they'll take out anybody to make a point, that that's not a system I think that, uh, A, should be paid for by the taxpayers, but uh, that – you know, we're treading into areas of, I would think, criminality, no? Well, I
0: don't know about that, but I do know that uh, this is something that is going to, would benefit from uh, an inquiry into not just this particular session and, and the t- these types of sessions, but yes, that sort of broader uh, culture of fear that's going on at the board. I, I think it's, it's it warrants looking at. Uh, so I think that this group that um, I mentioned earlier has put up a website and they're encouraging people to go to it and, and you know, fill out a letter uh, to to re- request of the minister of education that there be uh, an inquiry. So I think I can give you the the link for that. It's uh-
1: yeah. I put I put it on my Twitter. Which if people want to go to, it's at Alex Pearson amp. Um, and you can go on that link because um, I agree with you that the minister uh, must say something. I don't know if they've said anything. The TDSB and this Kojo Institute put out paltry statements. Um, you know, void of any actual. Uh, you know, meeting, uh, meaning, however, um, I, I believe that we have to have an inquiry because I, I can't imagine Lisa, that this is the only person that it's happening to, whether it's education or anywhere else. And again, how big of a problem is this uh, that has to be uh, rooted out?
0: Right. There has to be a better way. I mean, we're not bringing people together. We're, we're, we're making things worse. Uh, and I think that the data is starting to show that. Mm. So it, it is, it warrants a bigger conversation for sure. And, and in terms of his lawsuit, um, so, you know, that would have hopefully caused the TDSB to account for what happened. One of his big concerns was that there was no um, investigation conducted after right. this happened. And then that was part of what the TDSB should have done, especially in light of the WSIB's findings. Right. They should have done an investigation. They didn't. They just well, dropped why? the ball on that. Like, right.
1: it's not even that, do they have a choice? I mean, you've, you've, you've got a, a, an employee, you've now kicked him out of all of his programs, you've canceled contracts, you haven't even gone to his side of the story or looked into anything, and that just that that's a thing.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we're alleging in the statement of claim is that is that they should have done this investigation under their policies. It was it was something that was necessary, and they didn't do that. Um, so, yeah. That, so the TDSB is still uh, a defendant in this lawsuit. We hadn't served it yet. It was just filed uh, not long before all of this. Um, the media had found it, and it sort of became more public uh, in recent times. But. Uh, but it still, ha- there's no statement of defense filed as yet. And the allegations, of course, haven't been proven in court. But um, whether it continues or not will be up to the family because the estate could continue with it. And, uh, uh, you know, I certainly hope that they they seriously consider that. Um, I'm giving the family some space to grieve. It's been a difficult couple of weeks, but uh, in due course, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can only imagine the, the stuff that they're trying to deal with, but ultimately... Um, you know, they must see the outpouring from people in the anger. Uh, I do know that there is audio, Lisa, and I, I would think um, that uh, this is Richard captured this because he felt it It, it was the best way to, to show what he was going through. I understand it's pretty damning. Does it explain, does it give a good characterization of, of some of the stuff he was going through?
0: Oh, yes, I mean it, it's sort of you can sense the tone and and the whole circumstances are recorded. Um, the uh, at the moment the recordings have not been made public and I will have to take instruction from the estate as to whether they want to do that and how. Um, I, I think Richard was anticipating at some point that it would be, but I don't know uh, that this is the right time to do that. And I and I do need instructions. I'm sort of in this limbo period right now with with him gone. Um, as to you know what the instructions should be there. So yes, it certainly communicates the um, just the nature of the session that went on and and the the, the struggle <laughs> in effect that that it sounded like uh, that he went through. Uh, he wasn't named in the second session. The first session was one the one where he asked some questions and there was considerable pushback. Uh, and then in the second session, he wasn't specifically named, but it was clear who everyone was talking about or who she was talking about. And, and uh, there was an invitation to other people to kind of pile on, in effect, and, and, and talk about what they had heard the previous week, which was yeah. the insurance. concern. So, so even though everybody knew who we were talking about or who they were talking about in the session... Um, you know it was well, it was it all was very hard, yeah very hard, I'm sure, to have sat through that. And a lot of people have reached out to me reached out to him after it happened, but has now reached out to me as well to say, yeah, I was in that session, and it was
1: it was really bad. So
0: it's not just his
1: impression. Well, I mean, um, I think a police investigation, uh, maybe coroner's inquest, there are all sorts of routes that need to be uh, looked into that are available, and I absolutely 100 uh, percent absolutely. Uh, hope that the family um, can see, um, you know, their way to to, to get this justice. But I do definitely uh, think there needs to be a lot of answers. Lisa, we'll continue to talk. I very much appreciate your time on this. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's Lisa Bildy, who is a lawyer who was representing uh, Richard before his passing. Does that move forward? We're not sure. Obviously, the family's got a lot to go through. But uh, certainly, the way that this has been conducted, we're talking the biggest school board in the country. And you don't investigate, don't pick up the phone, don't write a report, don't check, don't do anything. You just, nothing. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. Heads need to roll, if not more. We'll stay on this. I promise you that.